Hi, and welcome. I'm Z. And I'm Keith. And we're going to tell you about the movie that we just watched. But first, a little bit of a heads up. Some of the movies we watch deal with heavy subject matters. In order to talk about these emotionally delicate things and the heavy subject matters that we sometimes cover, we add humor and crude language to add some levity and to process our own trauma. If that doesn't feel fun or safe for you, we completely understand. Please take care of yourself first and foremost. And we spoil the end of pretty much every movie that we watch. Now you know, on with the show. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Hi, welcome. <laughs> You're listening to another episode of... Hi, welcome. <laughs> uh, oh, hi, welcome. Oh, hi. I'm dad. You are not dad. Good to meet you. You're not dad. You're, you're mommy. <laughs> I am Beyonce always. <laughs> Okay, hey, I guess I'm uh, <laughs> hosting this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> what I host normally? I'm anyway, sorry. we're talking about Butcher Boy, 1997. Yeah, 1997. Based on a 1992 yeah. novel. Oh, it was 92. Okay. Yeah. I saw that the guy that wrote the novel wrote uh, like a couple versions of the script. Yes. Originally, that veered heavily from. Yeah. The original content, which is always super interesting to me when... Yeah, when it's their when, own work. Yeah, when it's their own work. Um, and Neil Jordan revised the script and yeah. made it more like the book. I don't know how much more like, because I never read it. But. Right. Nor the uh, earlier drafts of the screenplay. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, apparently, the biggest uh, deviation from the novel is the ending. Oh, like... Oh, with uh, Stephen Ray? Or him. In the novel, we don't see him leaving the prison. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. He doesn't leave the prison. Okay. In the novel. That was. Some people took issue with the. Ambiguity. The lack of ambiguity of the film compared to the novel. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Yeah, I can see that. I I do enjoy a good ambiguity. Yeah, if it's a good one. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like when the story's ending is ambiguous and not when they try to force ambiguity onto right. the story, right. if that makes sense. Like, like it ends and you're like, okay, that was an ending. And then they add something to it to try to add ambiguity to something that could have been. You're like, nope, it was fine. Or like, it, it, that doesn't make it better. That makes it worse. Yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, the reading what the description of the ending of the novel, it didn't seem that ambiguous. I mean, like by, I mean, well, sure, probably, maybe compared to the movie, but probably ambiguous in the sense of like what happened to him next. Yeah, 
but I we don't get. I don't feel like it's that much more of a resolution that he it's leaves prison re- and is going to a halfway house. Well, he didn't go to prison. He went to, uh, I think, a mental hospital. Okay. Only, only thing that's shocking is that he stayed there. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Right. <laughs> the whole movie is him escaping <laughs> from places Different situations, and causing yeah. somehow more harm. Super interesting and weird. Yeah. I will say, I don't want to say it's a complaint because it's, I don't want to sound like that, but the only thing that was hard for me, mm. I think, is that um, I wasn't sure what the fuck they were saying for like probably a third of the movie. Oh, yeah. Just of, <laughs> because of accents. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, I was like, you said, what was that? And I was like, I don't. I have no fucking idea. I have yeah. no idea. I didn't even understand half the shit that they were doing. Like the fucking, the, the, the you love the, the chopping the, the, the fucking, ice in the fountain. The fountain shit confused the fuck out of me. And also, then how they, does that fountain and work? Then yeah, you pour, pour it on top they pour and pour water into it and then fill it comes up. out. Yeah. I, that part was baffling to me. I was like, <laughs> what? It was so confusing. I, that was, I, that was probably, that was, there was more ambiguity around the fountain than I was comfortable with, if I'm honest. <laughs> I wanted a full detailed explanation of how that bitch worked. Yes. If you grew up in <laughs> Ireland in the sixties, get at us and yeah, explain that fountain to explain us. Explain to me the fucking fountain or, or Neil Jordan. If you're Pat McCabe, author of. Yeah. Or Neil Jordan novel, or himself. Neil Jordan. Tell me, hey Neil, or get at me. Eamon Owens is that who plays Francie? I think. Yeah, he wouldn't know. He's a kid. He wouldn't know shit. I don't care. I don't want him to know. I'd accept. Uh, I'd accept. He's probably your age, huh? No, he's probably well. I was like twelve in ninety-seven, so yeah, probably. Unfortunately, that was probably how old he was, like eleven or twelve. <laughs> It's. It came out of your butt. That's where it is. Oh. What are you looking for? Your phone. phone. You probably left it in the bathroom. But whatever. Um. Stephen Ray is in this. What? Did you see that the author of the novel plays Jimmy the Skite? Yeah. Which? Who was that? The guy at the end, who's like the beggar, the homeless dude. Oh, that kept. That takes him into the dance. Okay, and then okay, that's who I thought it was. Keeps asking him for money. Like, that's hilarious. For the rest of the Who's movie? the author? That's, the, that's, that's Pat McCabe. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, he did pretty good. good. Great performance. Yeah. yeah. It was a. Uh, it was shot apparently mostly around his hometown. I guess he could. Yeah, he could. Yeah, get at us, Mister You, and and tell us about the fountain. Oh, yeah. And then, or Neil Jordan. Or maybe the guy that played the priest. Yes. One of the priests. The one in In, in the town. In town. The man. How does it How does it He does. I don't suppose there's room for an owl fella like myself, huh? Ah, sure, any of my father. <laughs> so. Nothing strange anyway, lads, eh? I tell you, Father, if Uncle Alan doesn't come soon, the house is going to burst. How's it going to burst, Francie? The cakes! 
Not to mention butterfly buns. Oh, nothing but the best for Uncle Allo coming all the way from his job in London, eh? Pin me under him. Man, this is this movie had a lot of stuff in it. I was really surprised at how much fun I had. Yeah, watching it, it was retrospectively like trying to remember what I remember, <laughs> trying to remember what I remembered about <laughs> watching it the first time. I think it probably was bored at times because I didn't probably because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Um, and when there's not action, it's mostly just dialogue heavy, and yeah, and you you got to like, know what they're saying. Yeah. You got to try to understand. I probably would have been annoyed by how much of it is narration. Yeah, that sounds time. like you. Also, I think, again, this is... Past you, yeah. Trying to remember... You've wh- grown so much. Don't be angry at the well, person more than that, it's just, watching it's, Picture it's, You know, a backwards projection of what I think I no, probably yeah. thought. You For know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I would have been turned off by the violence. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. In, for com- sure. in, com- uh, in com- combination with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Especially because, like, in the late 90s, I was very tired of, yeah, you. you know, by that point, the things I complained about Tarantino about, yeah. like, whether those, you know, now I'm willing to debate if for it's sure. the case or not. But I remember just being, like, totally turned off by movies like uh, True Romance. Which Tarantino wrote, but Oliver Stone directed. And I just remember like, and also around that time, let's see, I would have been in the mid nineties. I was reading, trying to read Infinite Jest by David Foster Wolf. Good. Good on you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. If it was, if it was unclear, I was a white man. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and there were scenes in that novel that I felt like oh the violence is supposed to be comical and this felt like a to me felt like a very dominant trend yeah, of like sure. trying to make horrible horrific things funny mm-hmm. um and i think you know there's cases to be made but anyway i think definitely in that context this would have yeah put me off yeah. a little I mean, clearly it stuck with me enough that I wanted to rewatch it. Yes, because it did. It was, something stuck with me about, and clearly it's, it's definitely weird enough Yeah. to stand on its own. It's, mm-hmm. it creates a world. I yeah. felt totally engrossed in it. Yeah. And it's not, I couldn't tell you a movie that it, make, it reminds me of really. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not even in another Neil Jordan movie necessarily. I mean, I think he's very good at creating a world that feels lived he in. He is so good at creating a world that's just, that seems so realistic, but just, just like slightly off of yeah. reality. You're like, this feels so realistic and yet it doesn't seem real. Like it, it seems like too. It's always, yeah. Which I love. I love. It it's looks, that thing of like, that you talk about of, uh, from that person. Me? <laughs> Oh, have I said something on this podcast? <laughs> I don't remember, but it's like, uh, like, oh fuck, I don't know. It reminds me of the thing that you said that I don't okay. remember about like things that are too, like, if it's too real, it takes you out of it, or it, like sometimes it's oh shit, I don't know. Oh fuck, I think we talked about it in trust when we did trust. You talked oh, about okay, so. uh 
I'm guessing then it's about alienationification or whatever the Brechtian term. Yeah. 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 And I was going to say like, uh, I mean, only going on these two movies so far about Neil Jordan. Mona Lisa and Butcher Boy. Butcher Boy. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like really grounded in our universe. Yes. But very subjective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's kind of the whole point, I think, maybe. Yeah. We'll see what I think after two more <laughs> movies, but that's definitely felt like the point of this movie. Yeah. Or what it does well. Yeah. I think... And... I'm sorry. You're fine. You, you're so fine. I will say, I kept thinking about, like, because it's set in the 60s, you know, it's kind of boomer-ish. Yeah. And, you know... <clears throat> Uh, being a child of the 80s, sort of like, that was a v- big time for boomer narrative. Like, yeah. Remember when I was a kid? Yeah. I mean, 30 years like, ago. <laughs> so that's why I kept thinking of Stephen King, because like Stand By Me or yeah, something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and, and all of the, all of the uh, Indian Native role play. <laughs> appropriation, yeah. Exactly. And, uh, uh, oh, like Wonder Years. You could be, remi- you yeah, know, yeah, very yeah. superficially, just the, sure. with the voiceover mm-hmm. and it the time. Anyway, but like, <clears throat> so I like how not like any of those things it is while yeah. still yeah. being that structure, you know, like it feels like a memoir, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Even though it's yeah, clearly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely not. But yeah, for sure. Um, but it's, that's the thing. Like it's tangible enough to feel. Yeah. Like, I'm not confused about whether Francie Brady actually wrote the text that this film is based upon, right? Like, I don't think that it's not a biography, right? You know what I mean? (laughs) Wait, you don't think it's not one? I don't think that it is. Okay. I'm not fooled into thinking. Okay, 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 okay. But it does enough. You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've probably explained it well enough. I don't need to keep going over. <laughs> Could you do it one more time differently? Probably. <laughs> Try. <laughs> no. Um So Fight Club. <laughs> fuck off. Um so yeah, I think I mean as far as the just I don't oh I don't know how to say this where it's not gonna sound like I'm doing the thing where I'm like, you know, Chief Alani Weck makes me feel <laughs> connected to <laughs> Which I'm not saying, by the way. Um, but, like, I sort of don't mind when representations of, like, this sort of glorification of, like, native life and stuff. Like, I mean, I'm not... Stephen King is definitely one of the worst... Uh, uh, Proprietors? Yeah, of of doing that kind doing of that. stuff. Um like in the bad way, <laughs> in the, oh, in the, in the, oh, I get it way. And in the, don't do that way. Um, but like when people, like if you're showing like, oh, this is how we grew up in the fifties. Right. If you're showing how, like, I remember in the book it, there's like this conversation that they have about like, um, being surprised that this specific artist is white and not black because of his voice and how it sounds. And I feel like, you know, because he like 
I can't remember. The, I can't remember specifically Elvis. who it was. No, it wasn't <laughs> Elvis. Um, but like stuff like Jerry that Lewis. was like maybe it was Jerry. It's something like that. Like someone that was yeah. like really you know like had like really intense music for yeah. the you know, and they're like, wow, he's he's actually white and not black, you know. And there's this sort of conversation being hmm. had. So like stuff like that is interesting to me because you're showing a glimpse of. I mean, like, obviously, Stephen King also does it the terrible way. But, like, he'll do stuff like that where he'll have, like, a conversation of, like, it was, it wasn't, you know, like, it was surprising to see this sort of, like, you know, white people sing one kind of music, black people sing another kind of music. Uh You know, it's sort of, like, the little tiny, like, conversation. And it's, like, a glimpse of having, like a racial dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. like sort of like, you know, this is, this is my expectation of what blackness is. Right. And so it's like stuff like that where it's like a glimpse into it. So like when they're like, Oh, we're playing cowboys and Indians. I'm not like super upset when they're like, that's how it was in the fifties. Like, sure. Especially when it's not the U S well, when it's not For the U S but like I'm, I'm Stephen native, King, but <laughs> well, Stephen King, yeah does that kind of thing where but it makes sense because my dad is that way my dad was like super really like into like native culture and shit like that but like in the way where you're it's the tokenization and and falsification right of what native culture actually was so like showing it like that like showing a bunch of kids doing stupid shit thinking Mm -hmm. that they're actually playing i don't mind that as much because i'm like oh right that's what was going on back then doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be in there right but i don't it's not the thing that's gonna offend me like if you show a bunch of like people now in like you know cleveland indians fucking jerseys i'm gonna be like oh get over yourselves but like, you know what I'm saying though? How about, uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Riker and Troy's adopted kid in Picard <laughs> season one. <laughs> well, see, that doesn't, I don't mind it because it's um like Peter Panish. Peter Pan did have that native, that native character in it though that like. Oh, is there an actual supposed native yeah, character? Yeah, like, yeah. And it's always like, you know, played by a white person or whatever. I can't remember. I mean, Peter Pan is historically played by a woman, so. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was like. Taking jobs away from. But what I meant is more like <laughs> it wasn't meant to, I didn't take it as meant to embody like, you know. In this film. In Picard. Oh. oh. <laughs> the thing you brought up. I didn't take that to be, because uh, she was like, oh, she's like, their kid is like, um speaking a made up language and like mm-hmm. it was supposed to be like more fantasy than it was like, you know, she just had like lines on her face, which is just, you know, can also be like considered army or whatever, you know, I don't know. There's just like lots of things. It didn't really feel like it was specifically. I hear you. Thank you. <sighs> I mean, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you that you're incorrect about your culture being appropriated. Um, anyway, yeah, this was, I didn't expect any of the thing. I thought it was honestly because it was like, oh, this kid gets into shenanigans. (laughs) And I literally thought it was going to be a movie about a kid playing a bunch of pranks. Uh 
and sort of like a Dennis Smith style. <laughs> not quite that that childish. Uh-huh. Like I definitely because it's a Neil Jordan movie, so I right. knew there was gonna. But I thought it was gonna be more about like how it affected like the adults around him, and not literally about a kid that is just kind of psychotic. <laughs> right and has no moral compass <laughs> apparently <laughs> oh man his interactions with F- fiona shaw were when he's like you have to pay the pig toll or whatever <laughs> oh my god like oh, there you are, mrs nugent and phil it's just every breakfast of course but that'll be a shilling a shilling yeah what are you talking about and half of philip's so there's one shilling for you and six pounds for philip all together one and six one and six please Heaven's sake, you don't have to pay money to go buy it. <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Nugent, but a tax is a tax. And you don't pay it. It's not going to be fair to everybody else, is it? Tax? What are you talking about? Tax? I ain't told tax, Mrs. Nugent. I worked to do it. I can't sit about here all day. So come on now. One shilling plus six pence. Did you know that we and stop all this nonsense? I loved it. Fiona Shaw, interestingly enough, is someone who I never, like, I always, I thought she was a great actress, but I never thought she was hot until I found out that her husband, uh, her her and her husband got divorced when he came out as gay. Oh. And she was like, you know what? Same. Maybe he's on the same. Somewhere. Same. And she then married a woman. Really? <laughs> yeah. No idea. Yep. So they both, they both, they got divorced. Like, they both made each other and, gay. Yeah, basically. So I was like, you know, it's interesting how hot she is. <laughs> this gay. I know. <laughs> uh, hey, is she on Killing Eve? Is yep. that her? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's also in season four of True Blood, which is like one of my favorite seasons of that show. It's pretty good. Other than all the horrible things they do to Lafayette and Tara. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fiona Shaw is so good at m- being able to make you hate her. Mm-hmm. And like kind of unapologetically, I just love how she will just like you kind of hate her in this movie. Oh, yeah. For no fucking reason. Well, I mean, because Francie hates her. Well, Francie hates her, yes. I mean, in the beginning, she does say that he's like a piece of shit kid and it's his parents' fault. And so you're like, oh, this woman is just mean. But also, he's like a terror to her child. He like tries to fucking kill her kid at some point. Yeah. Like, just, you know, he's just a menace and is terrible. I guess that's and you're still another... like, you know what? She sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way he fixed face on her yeah. and the goldfish. Oh, man. And, I, you know, like, at this point, we've had so many, like, sympathetic, problematic men. Yeah. Char- yeah. Things. Yeah. It is so tired, and it's... But this was entirely entertaining and refreshing <laughs> yeah. retrospectively to be like, oh... Yeah, it's wild that he's sympathetic at all. He is and he isn't, though. Right. Like, and it's like, I don't, I don't feel like... I, I, I never feel like I'm being told what to think yeah. about him, necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. how to feel. Yeah. I like, think, I'm not surprised when I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. What's wrong with me that I'm on his side? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that's interesting is it was never like... Well, I I 
I'm on his side, but also I'm like not like I don't I'm always like, oh, he's going way too far with this. But and, you know, if he, when he gets in trouble, I'm like, duh. But then his punishment, I'm always like, this isn't going to work on this yeah, kid. Right. So it's less like I don't I'm not like, oh, I feel bad that he's in trouble. I'm just like, oh, y'all know that's not going to work for a kid like this. You know, like. Right. It's, it's and I think it's a much more efficient version of what uh, <laughs> Anthony Burgess wanted to do with a clockwork orange. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Right. No, but for real, like it's like it's he's not a stupid kid, which is the thing that is like he keeps getting treated like he's just a dumb kid. But at the same time, almost like punished like he's an adult, like he gets shock treatment and he gets nearly killed twice by the Nugent. Yeah. Bogman. Right. And I love how he calls everybody Bogman. <laughs> I thought it was Bugman. No, it's Bog, like, because they're from the country, so they're in the oh, bog. Oh. Because he, I thought it was Bugman because when he gets I get the phone. An, an, annoyed with someone, they t- or like when he's imagining someone, they turn into a bug. Oh, shit. Okay, well. okay we're going to take a break real quick. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to accept that we're both right. Fog. I mean, I. Is. There are credits for Bogman. Yeah, I I would like to revise what I said. Yeah, I didn't say we're both. I didn't mean to say we're both right. I meant to say that we both have good points. Like we both, yeah, yeah. like both of our yeah, whatever's makes sense. Yeah, that you said this was pro- this is probably one of his least queer movies, mm. and I said mm, I don't know about that. You said you think this isn't queer, and I said. Least, because <laughs> he's like clearly he's clearly obsessed with Joe. Yeah, and like the whole thing is so that Joe will be his best friend again. Mm-hmm. Like all his and he, you know, and you know when he has all the visions from uh, Mary or whatever, she just like Joe loves you, like he loves you, and I'm like this is kind of this is kind of first lovey, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really interesting. And there was like an, I think that's kind of what makes his character more redeemable or like sympathetic because they're not showing you a child that has no care, no concern and no love for anyone. They're showing you a kid who's really has a hard time dealing with his parents being abusive, alcoholics and suicidal people. He runs away to like get a peace of mind and his mother commits suicide while he's gone. Like he runs away from home and I think the sweet the it is the sweetest and most heartbreaking fucking scene where he runs away from home because his parents are fighting and it's like Christmas, I think. And <laughs> that was really good. And he 
he runs away from home. And while he's gone, he's like, the only thing about running away is that you can't take your mother with you. Mm -hmm. And so he buys her something and he goes back home to show it to her. And when he gets there, he shows up at his mother's funeral. He doesn't know it's his mother's funeral, but he realizes that, you know, the whole town is coming to, you know, basically his mother's funeral. And everyone's like, oh, my God, where were you? Like, why did you, you know, and he blames himself for his mother's death or like he takes, you know. Yep takes that on and his dad kind of blames him for for it too a little bit or at least and verbally. most of the town yeah. seemingly <laughs> so you know he acts out shocker and yeah his best friend joe like you know they have this like they're always doing stuff together they're always like you know getting in trouble together or whatever and joe eventually is like you know, because he picks on the Philip or whatever. He picks mm-hmm. on... The Nugent kid. Yeah, the Nugent kid. Like, and he tries to, like, kill him. And they're like, you can't, you know... Uh, they're like, you can't do that, you know. Or his... Joe is like, you gotta not do that. Yeah. He's like, you can't keep going after Philip. You need to stop. You need to promise me you're gonna stop. And he's like, okay. And he's... And they... they like cut their hands and they're like, we're, you know, we're making a pact in blood and we're blood brothers and we're always going to be. And then two days later, they die of a MRSA infection. Yeah. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then, um, I forget what, Oh, I think, yeah. Like he, that's when he gets sent to the, well, he goes to, uh, Mrs. Nugent's and, he, yeah, because they come after him, like the Nugent kid guys come after him. And so he goes and is an antagonistic toward Mrs. Uh-huh. Nugent because, you know, and he's just, and she's just pissed at him. So he waits for them to leave and then he breaks into their house. Oh, that's what. <laughs> <And> just, <laughs> he writes pig all over. He and, writes pig all over everything because she calls him, she calls him a pig. So he writes pig all over everything. And he, he eats. And all destroys the all the cakes that she's made. <laughs> and then she walks in on him taking a shit on the living room floor. Ah, Mrs. Nugent, catch anything? Well, that Mrs. Nugent. How was I to run a proper pig school with all these interruptions? Disgusting! Disgusting! Oh, it's very funny. So he gets yep. sent away. But while he's away, like... The priest is, like, not being okay around him, like, making him dress up in bonnets and, like, jerking off around him and shit like that and, like, having, like, secret meetings with him. And it's, like, this whole thing where you can infer some not great shit was going on. And then he he ends up stabbing the priest because the priest just keeps, like, pushing him in a way that he just gets really uncomfortable. Shocker, this kid that's been traumatized by adults... Right. Ends up stabbing the priest, and they're like, they don't want anyone to know what was going on between them, so they don't do anything to the kid, and they send him home, basically, under the guise that he's not going to say anything about what happened. So he gets home, and he... Right, oh! Like Father Bubbles. Yes. Is. Father Bubbles. <laughs> oh, yeah. But while he's in that place, like, one right. of the reasons why he's trying to get out, and one of the reasons why he wants to get home is because Joe writes him a letter and says, hey... 
you know, like you shouldn't have done what you did. Philip isn't that bad of a guy. Right. He went to the fair and won a goldfish and he gave it to me. I thought it was the other way around. No. Because he was like, why? I thought it would. Yeah. He, Philip ended up giving oh, him right, the goldfish. Oh, right. Because why did Joe accept it? Yeah. Right. And he's like, why do you accept? And he is tormented by this and he freaks the fuck out. He starts having like visions of Mary and he's like, like he like freaks out about the goldfish. He's like, why do you take the goldfish? Like, why is, you know? And then he's like, oh, what happened was like, he finally comes to the, he's like, what happened was Joe's trying to bridge the gap so that when I come back, there's not all this animosity left. That's what it is. Hello, Francie. Hello, lady. How are things? Uh, not so bad. I was a bit worried there for a while. But I'm okay now. Worried, Francie? What were you worried about? The goldfish. Goldfish? What goldfish, Francie? The goldfish Philip gave to Joe. Oh, Francie. You know you shouldn't worry about those things. Joe is your friend, isn't he? Yes, our lady. Of course he is. Of course he is. So he ends up going home, you know, after the priest, you know, does one too many things to him <clears throat> and he freaks out and stabs him. They send him home and he's like, Joe, I'm back. And Joe's like, oh, hey. <laughs> and it's very obvious that Joe is not super into hanging out with him. And I can't. Oh, yeah. He the Nugent boys or whatever come back again and they're like, this is for breaking into the you know this is for like taking a shit on her floor or whatever because they 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 attacked him for attacking philip right and so he you know so they attack him again and he just goes the fuck off and he starts beating the shit out of them with rocks <laughs> and they're like terrified of him which is what because it's two adult men coming after yeah. this child who's you know, small. And he just starts beating the shit out of them and he's like laughing and having a great time. <laughs> and then um Joe basically is like, I don't want anything to do with you anymore. And he right. won't talk to Francis. And Francis goes and he wins like a dozen goldfish <laughs> and he tries to bring them to Joe and like billion. all this stuff. Yeah. And he like all this stuff where he's like trying so desperately to, you know, get Joe's favor back and Joe like doesn't want anything to do with it. And him. meanwhile, anytime Mary appears, she's like, he still loves you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He still, it's not. Joe loves you. You know, you don't need to worry about Joe loving you. He still loves you. Yeah. Except the very last appearance. Yeah. Um. Sort of. Well, I think she says he loves, I think she still says it. Maybe. But, but she's like, don't go thinking about Yeah, she's like, don't, fishes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but while he's thinking about all this, his dad is really sick and his dad takes a nap. Yeah. Mom is dead and <laughs> mom's killed I herself. I love the scenes you get of that. Well, I don't love it more than the rest of the movie. This is one of the things that really, for me, grounds it. I don't know. Like weaves a tapestry that mm -hmm. feels anyway, you know, like it's also like, I think. It was. It would be easy for. This is a period piece, right? In that it's set in the '60s and made in the '90s, but it's like, I don't know. There, it avoids all the like 
like clearly one of the things is a class differential between yes. him and yes. the Nugents. Yep. And that's not really overt necessarily, like, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you don't see, it's like, I feel like there was a lot of things in the 80s and 90s too, like if you, if something was going to be set in the UK, it was like little kids working at a factory or mining coal <laughs> or, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, selling themselves to get a piece of coal to take yeah, yeah, up, yeah, yeah, you know, right, like my yeah. left foot, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> Selling their left foot, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Mavi and Rose. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I forgot, to mention, I forgot to mention when he comes back because I guess he's not in school. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not in school. He goes to work for the butcher. The butcher, you know, hence the butcher boy. Um, and so, you know, he's working for the butcher and like, He's doing all this stuff. Like he's cleaning because his mom, once his mom dies, he's cleaning. He's taking care of everything. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about is like the scenes you get where his dad is still the same drunk lie about, you know, of course he's also grieving presumably, but like (laughs) him with the smock on and sweeping and (laughs) that's okay. (laughs) But like, you know, he's whole, he's got the job. He's, yeah. Taking care he of everything. He takes care of himself. Like, yeah, he's doing sure all this stuff. Sure, he's like running around all over right. the place and But like all this trouble, shit where it's like, it's this kid who has gone through tons of really traumatic things, has been shown time and again that adults are going to hurt him and not help yeah. him. And his one best friend that he has doesn't want anything to do with him. And he's basically left to his own devices. And it's like surprising to people that he is acting out <laughs> like right. what the fuck but also like his dad like takes a nap and then his dad keeps taking a nap <laughs> and then you realize his dad is not taking a nap he's just dead mm-hmm. and he's still like just holding down the fort and keeping his dad he knows his dad's dead but he's well. like he doesn't want to like I mean he knows he, not necessarily he's admitting it but right. he knows you know because he's keeping everyone away he's he not surprised wanna... when the doctor shows up with a cop right yeah <laughs> and also he right he's also lies to the doctor because right. the doctor's like where's your dad and he's like no he's he's on a he's trip in dublin or yeah. london or whatever <laughs> he's gone away for a while um but like they end up sending him to a mental hospital because you know his dad's dead so you know they send him to a mental hospital. Uh, before before he, oh yeah, wait, is it? I can't remember if it's before he gets locked up in the mental hospital, or yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so he gets locked up in the mental hospital. He breaks out and he comes out and he's trying to see Joe. I love that. Yeah, because I know. <laughs> early on in the movie, his mom has a breakdown and is taken away. And that he and Joe are going back and forth about what's a breakout. What's a breakdown? Yeah, they're like, and they're like, oh, you know, it's like when your car stops working. Yeah. There you go, Joe. That's my from the travels, then. Where is she off to, Francie? You say she's a breakdown, Joe. What's a breakdown? That's when you took off to the garage when a truck comes and tows you away. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's some crack in this town. There sure is. The garage. How many are spanner, eh, Mike? I think Mrs. Brady's ankle is tightening. His mom went to the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had a breakdown. And so he's in the garage. So now he's in the garage. Um, garage. Garage. Um, 
so he breaks out and I think he goes to see Joe and they're like, he's not here. He's away at school and he gets really upset. And then he goes to the place where his parents. Oh, right. Cause then he see, he sees the Joe's parents are having dinner with the Nugents. Yeah. And he gets, like, Oh so... boy. <laughs> but he ends up going to. And Joe's dad is played by one of the guys from father Ted. Nice. Uh, he... for those playing at home. Yeah. For those fans to... of Graham Linehan <laughs> at home. Oh, fuck. Another oh. great Irishman. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck off. Oh, what a joke. Yep. Man, Literally. Man, Linehan was like, had a moment, and then he's just such trash. He's like, he's such trash that it's like, even his fans, who are also turfy pieces of shit, are like, I think Gremlin has gone too far. <laughs> like, <how laughs> turfs think you're... You're taking it too far, and then you're, yeah. then you know you're in trouble. Anyway, so he visits where his parents had honeymooned, and they tell this yes. story of the, of how romantic it was and all this shit. Oh man, the scene with the party when <sighs> Uncle Alo yeah. comes. Oh my god, that was crazy. That was like yeah. that was so good. So much happens in that. Yeah. that like lots of interesting stuff. Yes. Um but anyway, he goes to this place and he's trying to get them. He's like, "Oh, my parents came here and they, you know, you call them the honey the lovebirds. lovebirds and blah blah blah." And she was like, "Oh, you know, like and she's like showing him around and he finally finds like the photo of his parents on their wall and he's like, "There they are." And she was like, "Ew. Uh, I don't remember them." And he left the like, key under the rug for him. Yeah, and he's like He's like, what? She's like, yeah, too many people come in and go. I don't remember anything about them. And he was like, and he's like, I know you're lying. Like, I can tell you're lying. And he gets really upset. Well, because it's very clear when her tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. But I'm saying like, he's a child. He's like, I'm fully aware that you're lying to me. You don't do that, you know? And then she's like, yeah. She, they get, he's like pissed at her and he's yelling. And she finally like snaps at him and is like, yeah, you're. Your dad was drunk the whole time. And, and you know, he was horrible to your mother right. and they were, you know, they were a miserable pair and it was terrible. We do get a scene or two uh, after mom dies where like one of the the most explicit one is when he's at the, uh, whatever, the school, the place with the priests. Yeah. I don't know what to call that. Yeah. We don't have an equivalent here, I don't think, but, or now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a home for boys where they're doing work. Yeah. And they're doing over manual s- labor and going to church. Yeah. It's like prison, but it's. <laughs> yeah. Prison for kids. Yeah. It's probably boot camp, like those, you know, teen. Yeah. Yeah. Boot like camps. outward bound or yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyway. Just with heat. They're just gardening for heating. some priests. Yeah. And anyway, his dad comes to visit him. Without warning, and he, you know, dad is immediately just like, it didn't used to always be that way. Yeah, yeah, Or this way, or whatever, you know. And then he he talks about their honeymoon and what a lovely time it was. Yeah. Rosary on the rocks. I don't know why that's a thing (laughs) he keeps saying, but. (laughs) Yeah. But he kind of, you know, in his way where I think we're supposed to think that he's trying to make amends. Yeah. And apologize for his, his role in everything. And we get a couple more scenes like that uh, once mm-hmm. they're back at home together. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then he goes and visits 
the town, the seaside town. Yeah. And the innkeeper just shatters the fantasy. Yeah, and he gets really upset, and he gets drunk, and he tears the... the, He steals some booze from... Kicks down the Tarzan and Jane cutout. (laughs) Loses shit. And then then I think he goes to see Joe. He breaks into the school, and he goes to see Joe. I can't remember if that happens before or after. I think that happens after the the hotel but i'm i might be it's before or after that anyway so he goes to see joe and he breaks into the school and he's making this cra- he's making all kinds of ruckus and he's like joe i'm here joe like where are you at i'm just looking for joe and you know in the middle of the fucking night it's this boys school that he's right. breaking into and no one knows who he is and finally you know this priest comes in and he's like well joe walks in first but no, right? the priest comes in. He's like, what oh. the fuck are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm looking for my friend Joe. And then Joe walks in and he's like, there you are. And he's like, oh, no. And like, you know, the priest is chasing him and right. he's like, he's like, you know, you know this guy. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I know him. And he's like, are you friends? And he's like, nope. And, you know, Francis is like his entire world is shattered because. Right the one person that he had left no longer wants anything to do with him. Right. And. Well, that's right. You get the scene where he's in his house and writing the list of people. Yeah. That he's Ma, lost. Da. Joe. <laughs> what does he say? Aloe. Al- yeah. His uncle Aloe. Oh. Oh. How, why did he lose him? Yeah. That's oh, okay. unclear to me. Yeah. And then, you know, he finally snaps, comes back to town and just absolutely brutally kills and chops up Mrs. Nugent. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's this whole, but like to get to that point, like you're, you know, yeah, it's extreme, but like his entire fucking world, he, in like a year's worth of time yeah. or less than his entire world Goes from like he has people to he has literally no one who will take care of him or help him or do anything other than send him to a mental hospital. And he gets fucking uh, electric shock and like right. all this shit. And and no one is talking to this kid. They're all just punishing him and treating like, him I like shit. I feel like shit. there's tons of movies that do a similar thing of um – You're watching a downward spiral of yeah. of what leads someone to right. extreme right. Yeah. behavior, right? But I don't remember ever, usually it's so on the nose and like too obvious. Yeah. Like I, it's so smooth. And yeah. you're, I think what it does that's unique in my experience anyway of that genre or whatever is that his reasons seem like his logic is airtight. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is probably the most uh, interesting Joker origin story anyone's ever made. Right. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. you've seen it. It's so well trod at this point. But yeah. Like, <sighs> and here's why. Here's why. Because Neil Jordan did it, Breaking and he made down. it a little bit gay. <laughs> You yeah, know, right. if there, if he hadn't done those things, then you wouldn't care about this kid. You, if he didn't have so much fucking love for his mom and for Joe, and if he didn't care so much about how yeah. happy his parents were, and those are the like, it's like the the 
constants that he had were ripped away from him. Not, right. not like, oh, I want to be a fucking comedian and no one will laugh. You know, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not something fucking ridiculous. It's not yeah. like, oh, the the woke media won't laugh at my jokes about black people any longer i uh, i guess i'm canceled like you don't care like why do i care i don't care about that but it's this kid who you see him as someone who is already a, barely paid attention to everyone is like oh you're a little shit you're a little you know like there's mm -hmm. so little i don't want to say respect given to him because i don't you know but like right there's so much there's so little care given to this kid and he's so and and even so, he ends up losing the little bit that he has. Like, he loses everything. Right. And he's still like, okay, but I have Joe. And, like, he doesn't. And, like, that's what sets him over the edge is the loss of his best friend who he <laughs> loves a lot. And they were roommates. Yeah, exactly. You know? and I think – and I love the – it's really a highlight for me in the, I don't know, first half of the movie. But, like – when he's going on his adventures, Algernon Carruthers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for instance, like every time you see, you get the, uh, every time the scene changes and he's interacting with someone else, he just m gives them back what they're saying yeah. and is yeah, agreeable yeah, yeah. with us. And you could say that's like sociopathic or something and yeah. maybe it is and yeah, that's the I point. Think, yeah. But it's so... Also sophisticated in yeah. how in the way that it's manipulative yeah. without being like he's it, not trying to make people do things for him. He's it's a way for him to survive. Yeah, he's just trying to be liked. Yeah, which is essentially sure. sociopathy. You know, it's it's it doesn't but it doesn't mean, seem it doesn't feel malicious. No, no, no. But that's not what sociopathy you know what I mean? is. Sociopathy. No, I'm not okay, saying. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. It's just like. That's the whole point is that like you read people and you give you give what you think that they're asking right. for so that you can make them like, like you. Like all the stuff with the commies. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, like and I do think there's one bomb is one bomb is enough. <laughs> one one all, thing one I bomb is all it takes. Um there's a little bit of like he might I mean, I think, you know, yeah, there is a a, a miss uh nomer miss identification that like if you're a sociopath you are a killer you're gonna be yeah, right. you're gonna do bad things it's not really about that it's just like there is like a complete lack of empathy going on but that doesn't mean that you don't right. understand what empathy is right or how to how you're supposed to be in a situation right. you know and so it doesn't just because you're you know a psychopath or a sociopath or whatever i don't remember what the specific term is or the correct term is it doesn't mean you're a bad person, but like you can be put through so many things yeah. that you end up doing something bad because Nature or nurture, <laughs> because you end up not really, you know, seeing a point not to do it. Yeah. You know, like what, what in the fuck? would his life have been if he didn't do that? He his he was facing like almost the same consequences. Like he was he was being locked away no matter what he did. Yeah. So it's like you know, and he didn't hide that he did it. Yeah, right. He wrote really. pig all over <laughs> <else> in blood. 
And, you know, there's so many shots in this that are really interesting, too. Like, oh. so many ways that... Neil Jordan really... I really have a special place in my heart for that oh, man. stupid yeah. weirdo. Oh, would you recommend? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I I'm definitely so would... glad we revisited it because sure, I got so yeah. much more from it this time. Yeah. I can see you not liking it in the past. I can yeah. see that. And right. I could see why. Because I will say, I feel like I have... Uh, I've hardened your delicate little heart a little bit enough that you can handle watching stuff like this yeah. and say words like bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so much growth. When we were first together, Keith started saying the word bitch and he was like, I completely eradicated that from my vocabulary. And since getting together with you, I say it a lot now and he didn't know how to feel about that. And I said, bitch. <laughs> I see